Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mikhail Thorpe, and this is the Expat Money Show. Today, what I want to do is talk a little bit about the trip I just had. I just had a absolutely massive trip with my family, and I thought it'd be kind of fun to share some of the things that we did on that trip and kind of let you in on what I've been up to for the last little bit. So this trip, we actually went from Panama to Turkey and then onwards to Georgia, Armenia, Azerbaijan, back to Turkey, and then back to Panama. So basically what happened was I was invited to speak at a conference in Georgia, and I thought, well, while I'm there, I might as well go visit some of the neighboring countries. Now, Turkey I've been to many times. I think this is maybe my ninth or tenth time there, so that's not really new. But I I will focus today's episode probably mostly on Turkey. But so last year when I had some meetings meetings and some conferences and some, yeah, just things that I needed to do in Europe in that part of the world. Last year, I went by myself, if you guys remember. And it was a good trip. I mean, it was cool to go and see some new places. I went to Lebanon, I went to Cyprus and North Cyprus, and a few places I hadn't been before. But I was away from my wife and kids for a month last year. And you know what? That sucks. I didn't like that at all. So this year, when I needed to go away for a month, I decided to bring the whole crew with me. And I wanted to test. I wanted to see how it would work. I travel with my family all the time, but I mean, usually it's a week here or a couple weeks there or something like that. This is four different countries over just about, yeah, about five weeks, 35 days we were gone. So I wanted to see how my kids liked it, my wife, my mother, everything like that. Well, there's no surprise, I mean, The trip went very well. We'll get into some of the details and what I learned and everything like that. But of course, the trip went well. I wasn't sure what it would be like traveling with everybody, but we all got along very well. There was no big problems or anything like that. So the trip was me, my wife, my mother who lives with us, my wife and I, two kids, and we brought the nanny with us again. So we've brought the nanny with us a number of times, but usually for a week or something like that, or a few years ago, we went back to Colombia for a month and we brought the nanny with us. 
I say back to Colombia. I mean, I was there the first time in 2003, 2004. So we've been over there a couple of times since then. But it was neat because my nanny is Colombian. So she was pretty stoked because she got to go home to her home country, even though it was a different city. Just to be among her own people, I guess, was pretty exciting for her and eat her own food and everything. Not that Panama and Colombia are all that different. But I mean, that trip, we had one location we were at the entire time. We actually had two service departments pretty much side by side. It had a kitchen and everything like that. And we were just there for just under a month. We rented vehicles for a couple of days and drove around the countryside. But after two, three days, we came on back. So it wasn't a big difference. This was more like a week in each place and continually moving and sightseeing and traveling and meetings and everything. So it was a lot faster paced. But anyways, let's get into the trip itself. So we left here in Panama and we're pretty fortunate. Panama has direct flights with Turkish Airways direct from Panama City to Istanbul. It's about 13, 13 and a half hours, something like that. But the neat thing is it actually flies 10 times a week. So there's several times a week where it actually, on the return sector, it goes through Bogota in Colombia, and then Panama, and then over. But we were taking the direct flight both ways, just Panama to Istanbul, Istanbul to Panama. And when we got there, it was pretty funny because there's six of us, and we had like a ton of luggage because we got all the kids' stuff and toys and things like this for the kids and just too much stuff really. So we go to get in the minibus and it won't hold all of the stuff. So they have to call a second bus for us. And we try to explain to them, okay, I'm going to stay here and load up all the bags. And the first bus had to leave the airport because we only had like a couple of minutes to park there. And so we said, okay, I'll load up the bags. You guys wait outside of the airport. And as soon as I'm done, I'll come over and then I'll switch vehicles and go into the other one. And the driver picked me up and he just drove right past him and he drove to the city. So I just drove to the city by myself and my parents and my family's looking out the window as I fly by by myself. And there's like the other five of them in there. And I, we didn't have connectivity with our phones or anything, so I couldn't message them. But we all made it to the Airbnb okay. Now, the place we were staying at was at Taxum Square. We're actually just down the hill from Taxum Square. And it's this really, really, really steep hill to go up. And we're like right in the middle of this steep hill. But the buses can't drop us off right there. So they kind of drop us off at the bottom of the hill. And we had to push these suitcases up. And we get to the Airbnb and we're all exhausted. And it's no elevator. And you'll see why this comes into play later on. So we have to schlep these bags up a couple flights of stairs. And I'm absolutely dying. But we get settled in and everything's okay. And the area is amazing. And the weather is just phenomenal. So I don't know if you guys have been to Istanbul or not. But I mean, if you look in the world at mega cities, like any of the really, really big cities in the world, I would really argue that Istanbul is just the best. I mean, it's just my absolute favorite. It's about 16 million people there. So it's just absolutely massive, but it's just so much fun. There's so many restaurants and cafes and little bars and places to eat and explore and alleyways to go down. And just, it's just crazy. And every time you turn the corner, there's another museum or a mosque from hundreds of years ago, or a little grand bazaar, or I don't know, just shopping and food and just tons and tons of stuff. It's just spectacular. And it's so wild, actually, because everywhere you go, there's cats. Like, the people in Istanbul just love cats. And they just kind of have them as, like, communal 
city, domesticated city cats. I mean, they're stray cats, but they're not really because people build little homes for them on the side of the road and feed them, put out water. So it's just like cats everywhere. <laughs> it's just this really hilly city up and down with these amazing views. And you've got the water in front of you and it's just spectacular. So like I said, this was probably my eighth or ninth time there, but for the rest of my family, it was the absolute first time. So they were really excited. So we did a ton of sightseeing with them while we got there. So we went to Hagia Sophia, we went to the Blue Mosque, the Grand Bazaar, we went to the palace, to the cisterns. It was spectacular. And just like watching the look on my daughter's face as she's seeing these things was just so cool. And just, we'd play the game every day. Like, what was your favorite place? What was the favorite thing you did? She just loved the Blue Mosque. She just thought it was so, so interesting to go in there and walk around and see all the sights and see all the people and stuff. She was just over the moon about the whole thing. So it was so cool to experience it again with my children. It was just wonderful. But this trip really was not about sightseeing. I mean, one of the reasons that we were there is we are actually doing the Citizenship by Investment program. So when I went to Istanbul last year, I actually decided to do the Citizenship by Investment program. I got my bank account, my tax file number, I got my lawyer, we signed the POA, started looking for the real estate. I was pretty much ready to do it. And then life got in the way and I got a little bit delayed with a bunch of client work by a couple of months. And then St. Keats came out and said that they were going to be doing their citizenship by investment program for instead of 150,000, they were going to do it for 125. So then I switched my focus. I was like shiny object syndrome. I'm like, Ooh, I want a St. Keats citizenship. So I put all my focus in that. So that happened at the very start of this year. So that was like early 2023 that I started getting my application ready for St. Keats. And that's been in for a few weeks or no, a few months now. So we're just waiting for that to come through and get the resolution. But now that my attention is done from that because we've filed our application, now I've turned it back to Turkey. So the way that the program works in Turkey is it's a 400,000 US dollar real estate investment. The nice thing is that the real estate can be anywhere in the country. It can be land, it can be commercial real estate, it can be residential, it can be one place, it can be multiple places, it can be really anything. So that gives you a ton of flexibility. Now, the price point at 400,000, if you're getting some of the smaller places or places that you need to fix up, you can actually get probably a couple of places. But we wanted a, a larger place because my, I have a growing family and we travel with the nannies and my mom and everything. So we didn't want to get just like a normal two or three bedroom. We wanted to get somewhere a little bit bigger. I'll, I'll actually tell you about some of the places that we saw afterwards. But so we decided we were going to go over there this time and choose a place. Like we really wanted to just settle on a place for this. So every day the nanny would take the kids to go to the park. We we kind of, we really liked not so close to Taxim Square because it's a little bit crazy there, but there's some of the areas between Taxim and a little farther out. Like we, we spent a ton of time in Nishantashe, but I mean, some of the areas between Taxim and Nishantashe were very nice and there's lots of parks and things like that. So when our nanny would take the kids out to the park and to run around in the playground and go crazy and get ice cream for like pennies, like super, super cheap there. 
And we were going to view real estate every day for, I don't know, four days straight or five days straight or something like that. And it's up and down hills and viewing all of these properties. And, you know, we kind of set out what we wanted at the beginning. So we wanted an unencumbered property. We didn't want one with a tenant or someone that we needed to deal with. We needed one that the tax situation was okay because what often happens is they underreport the value of the property so that they don't have to pay the transfer tax on it, which is fine for them, except when you need to show the $400,000 for the real estate investment, you need to show the full value of it. You can't just show half of it and then pay the rest of it cash in hand or something. So, you know, we had to go through all this. And then more of the physical things that we were looking for was we wanted an amazing view. You know, I didn't really care if it was a city or if it was the ocean view. I mean, the ocean views are pretty spectacular. I guess it's the Mediterranean Sea, but you know what I mean. And then I wanted a balcony and definitely we wanted the elevator. So, you know, we kind of put these things together. And so we went out and we saw this first place and we thought this was amazing. We must've spent about two hours kind of imagining if we were to do a rehab on this place. Cause this is a older building trying to find something very central in Istanbul, which is new or even done in like the last decade is pretty much impossible. So we were looking at, I don't know, anywhere from 50 to a hundred years old place, like historical buildings. And then you rehab it and make it like like new. And these places can turn out just absolutely stunning, beautiful. But a lot of the Turkish people don't want to do the work because it really is an absolute ton of work. But as a Westerner, and we're not really going to be there and we just kind of pay the money and I've got people that I work with that will take care of it. You know, I'm not too scared off by this. So we found this place. The only problem was it was way more expensive than we expected. So we were kind of thinking we would get maybe like one place at maybe 300K and then a smaller one we could rent out for like 100, 120K or something like that. Or maybe most we'd spend 400, the entire 400 on one property. Well, this place was like 100, 100 and some odd more than the original price. And I mean, it was inside is just an absolute dump. Like you've never seen anything like this. There's holes in the walls, holes in the floor. I mean, it was, no one was living there. The place was gutted. There was no kitchen. There was no nothing. The bathrooms didn't work. I mean, it was just destroyed. Like you would go back to brick on every square inch of it. You would have to replace every window, the roof. It was the penthouse. We'd have to replace the roof, the balconies, all the plumbing, all the electrical, every square inch of it would need to be replaced. So this is like maybe a little bit more than what I was expecting. I was expecting to do a rehab, but this is a bit insane. But we loved the area and like right in the back area is a cafe. So you enter through the main street, but they've got a garden area as a cafe. So we actually ate there a couple of times and it was fantastic. And we actually learned that this cafe rents this garden space from our building and they actually pay rent to us. So when you buy the place, you actually get a very small amount of rent every month from the cafe, which I thought was quite cool because it kind of pays off your HOAs. Not that the HOAs are expensive there. Maybe they're like $50 a month or $80 a month or something. Considering there's no amenities, I'm not surprised. And this one had an elevator, it had the balconies, had everything. But the price point was just way more than we expected. So we spent the next, I think, four or five days looking around at places. And then we didn't really like anything we saw. And we were all worn out. Like my 
me and my wife were just super tired. We didn't want to see any more places. And then the girl that we were working with, she's like, okay, I got one more. You got to come and see it. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to love it. It's a great price point, yada, yada, yada. So I said, all right, fine. We go over and see it. And it's funny enough, it's actually in the same building of a very good friend of mine. He bought a place there and he had his rehabbed and his place is stunning and they did a great job. And so this was the two penthouse units there. So basically when you go up the stairs of the elevator, there's only one unit on each side. It's not like a huge apartment complex, which might be, you know, 20 stories high and 10 apartments on each one. No, this these are all like five stories, six stories, seven stories, and never more than two units per floor. But we get to this unit and it is, I mean, it needs a ton of work again. I, it was actually commercial real estate. They were using it for seamstresses and they had fabric in there and they were doing tailoring and things like this. But from my understanding, it was going to be easy to get them out and we were going to take this over. But the biggest problem was there was no elevator in this. And I'm like, okay, I am not climbing five, six flights of stairs every freaking day or three times a day, maybe. Every time I want to get a coffee or go out for some food, I got to go up and down all these stairs. My mother's 66 and she heard her knee doing volleyball when she was a teenager and her knees have been a mess ever since. So, I mean, she could do it once, twice, but I mean, every single day, maybe not. I don't know if she's got the cartilage in her knee for that. But we, so we talked to the girl and she's like, ah, don't worry about it. We'll just put an elevator in. I'm like, all right, how much to buy an elevator? She's like, oh, it's not expensive. Like 15, $20,000. I was like, all right, screw it. I'll buy an elevator. Let's let's go out and we're going to buy an elevator. Okay. So we do all this stuff. We, we figure it all out. The price point looks good. I'm like, all right, this is sick. This was like the last day that we're there. So we end up leaving. We go do our Armenia trip and Georgia and stuff like that. And halfway through that trip, we're like, okay, we make the decision. The first place we wanted, it's too expensive. It's too big, actually. It was going to end up being like a five-bedroom with an office and with all this stuff. And it was just, it was a bit too much. This one was two units and we were going to be able to split them for Airbnb and everything. And then I was going to put this elevator in. So we put an offer on each of them and it's all looking good. And then I get messages a few days later and they're like, oh yeah, we also have to get the people out who are there, but don't worry. We'll just bribe them and pay them off and it'll be okay. I'm like, well, how much is that going to be? It was like, oh, well, that'll be maybe $20,000 or $30,000 each. I'm like, each? Okay, wow. So, you know, we budgeted a certain amount for these two places. Now I got to spend 15, 20 grand on the elevator. Now I got to spend another, I don't know, 10, 20, 30, 40 grand on each one of these tenants to get them out of the unit. And then... So we get word back from them, like, yeah, they'll leave and one will leave in four months and another one will leave in seven months, like seven months. So now I got to wait for them to get out of there because their rent is set so low. And then we get the engineer from the elevator company in to take a look at the place. And then they said, no, impossible. You can't put an elevator here because there's, there's always like a center corridor and it always leads to the bathrooms. This is like the internal windows and stuff. And the woman we were working with is like, don't worry about it. We'll put an elevator in. 
And the elevator company's like, no, it's not possible. The exhaust and the electrical and all this stuff. And so when you had all of these kind of things add up, I was like, I just backed out of the deal. I was like, no, this is not what we were talking about. The construction's too much. The elevator, paying off these people, it's just, it's not what we want. So then we're basically back at square one. And I guess, I mean, that's kind of actually where we are right now is back at square one. So we're trying to decide what to do. I might just buy the first one that I was looking at. I mean, it's ridiculously big and it's too much money. Like it's just, it's just a stupid amount of money. But if we get it and we fix it up, it's thing is going to be insane. I mean, my plan would be to rent it out to Arab families, you know, like the families who have like, the men have three wives and they got like four kids with each wife. And so there's like families of 15 who travel together and things like that from the Middle East. I mean, that's who I would be renting this out to. I mean, it would be a five full five bedroom with closets and everything, but you could easily make it a six bedroom. I mean, you could fit a lot of people in it. So then I'd charge like a thousand dollars a night or more to stay there instead of a couple hundred dollars, which normally people get from an Airbnb, just because it was so ridiculously big. But we'll see how that goes. I'm still trying to decide. I guess my focus right now is on our summit, which is coming up in just a couple of days. So kind of got my head down with that. But actually, we didn't even realize that we were not going to be doing these two penthouse ones until the return sector of this trip. So basically we went to Turkey for a week and then about, I think I was in maybe Armenia or something like that. We said, all right, let's do it. And then it took a couple of weeks to kind of negotiate so the prices and things. And then we came back to Turkey for a few nights for four days or something like that. And that's when we found out it wasn't going to work out. So we've just got back in Panama a few days ago. So I'm still trying to process everything with this deal. But I mean, Oh, I want this Turkish citizenship by investment. It's going to be pretty rad. So as I was saying before, you get the real estate, it's $400,000 or more. And then the legal fees might be 10 or 12 grand or something like that. And within six months, you'll actually get the passport. And Turkish passport is, I don't know, 111 countries visa-free travel. And you can actually get into countries with that passport that I can't get into with my Canadian passport because they have stronger ties in that region. So that's pretty awesome. So I'm, I'm super stoked to get this done. It's just pulling the trigger on a few of these things. Now, one of the other problems that we have with our citizenship by investment, and if you read the email newsletter, you probably saw some of my frustration Frustration, I guess, would probably be the best word for it. So what ended up happening is, so I'm Canadian and my wife is from China, but we actually didn't get married in Canada or in China. We were living in Abu Dhabi at the time. And what happened was in the UAE, if you're going to get married, you have to have, I don't know if it was both of our parents there or just the female's parents there. So I would have had to have my wife's parents there and they couldn't come. There was just, I can't remember the reasons why, but they weren't able to come at that time. So we needed to find a place where we could get married that you did not need to be a resident in. So we started looking at, okay, well, we could go to Vegas. In Vegas, you can, anybody in the world can get married in Vegas. I'm like, all right, you know, go get married by Elvis or something. Could be funny. 
We were looking at Cyprus, which was an option, and there was a few other countries that you can get married in where you didn't have to be a resident. Well, another one was the Seychelles, and I think it's like a four-hour flight from Abu Dhabi. So my wife and I just eloped. We were just like, we, we didn't want to have a big wedding or anything like that. We didn't want to do all this kind of stuff. We just wanted to just about us. So we eloped and I got married with no shoes on with my toes in the sand and it was just the two of us. And it was kind of funny because we didn't have anyone to witness. So our quote unquote taxi or our limo driver, who was basically our taxi driver, ended up standing up for us and witnessed for, for our wedding. And we spent a week in the Seychelles on the beaches at the Sofitel and it was just spectacular. Like my wedding was just absolutely amazing. But anyways, why am I telling you all about my marriage? Well, in Turkey, they do not understand why a Canadian is applying for Turkish citizenship and was not married in Canada. And I try to explain to them that we, you know, I haven't lived in Canada in 20 years, more than 20 years, and, and we got married in Africa and we don't have a Canadian marriage license and they don't get it and they want a Canadian marriage license. So we're like going back and forth with, well, at first with the Canadian embassy and then they're like, no, this is not a federal matter. This is a provincial matter. So now we've been going back and forth with Ontario, which is where I was born. And then we've been going back and forth with the consulates in Istanbul over it and not really finding any good options at this point. Now, I put this all in the email and it was quite interesting because I had about four or five of my subscribers who have actually had similar problems with their Turkish citizenship by investment. So they kind of gave me some pointers and discussed things with me. So it was kind of interesting, kind of put it out there to the universe and see what we got back. So we got some really good ideas on how we can overcome this bureaucracy and we'll make sure that we get everything done legally, of course, honestly and ethically and legally, but just supplying certain paperwork that will show that I am legally married. And actually, it was funny because the lawyer that we were working with was like, well, why don't you just get married again? And, you know, go back to Canada and get married or go to Panama and get it done at the Canadian consulate or something. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. That sounds like a terrible idea. Because when my first child was born, we were living in Abu Dhabi and my wife obviously lived with me. So it's actually against the law in the UAE to spend a night in a overnight in a room with a female who is not your mother or your sister or something like that. So if I had said to Turkey that I'm just getting married now and I've never been married before, then that would be admitting well, first of all, I'd be perjuring myself, saying that I wasn't married before when I was. But really what I'd be doing is I would say that we lived together and we weren't married, which is against the law. And more than that, my daughter was born in the UAE. And that would mean that she was an illegitimate child. And if you give birth in the UAE and you're not married, well, then you can go to prison. And we still want to spend time in the UAE and I still love it there and I don't want to have these types of things on documentation stating something that's not true. So we decided that is a really terrible idea. But anyways, yes, we are trying to figure things out, but just to kind of keep everybody updated. And as I had said in the email newsletter, by the way, if you guys are not on the email newsletter, definitely you're going to need to get on that. That is super important. If you go to expatmoney.com, you'll find several places right on there where you can subscribe to the email 
email newsletter for free. You can download one of the special reports we've done on second passports or on wealth protection. Grab one of those, put in your name and email address, get on the newsletter. We put out tons of stuff on there, tons of stuff that just never makes it into the podcast. You know, not just content or articles and videos and things, but just random wild things that happen to me and my family as we're traveling around the world and going through all these citizenship programs and residencies. And as I'm buying so many properties, I mean, I've bought, I don't know, three or four houses, condos this year, just kind of the, some of the stuff that's happened to me while purchasing all this real estate. And yeah, so definitely need to get on the newsletter at expatmoney.com. But anyways, I will keep you guys updated with the CBI and which property we choose and then how the rehab goes once we actually get to work. The other thing that happened to us once we got to Istanbul was actually within the first, I want to say, two days or three days, we're walking down the street. We actually went to go get our SIM card so that we would have connectivity so we could stay in touch with the nanny while she was taking care of the kids at the park. And I got my mother a SIM card and I got the nanny a SIM card. And we're walking down the street and my wife and I are ahead and my mom is probably about four or five meters behind us. And all I hear is like, oh shit. And I'm like, turn around. And she's got her hand in her backpack. And it looks like someone, I don't even know how to say it, stalked her, I guess, realized that she had her phone in her backpack, unzipped the bag and just lifted it, just took it. And he did this thing where he was kind of like, I think he must have unzipped it at one of the traffic lights while we were walking. And then at the next one, he reached in and then he bumped her kind of from behind. So she turned around and then he was already went straight. So he, she didn't even see him. He just kind of went right by her, but with her phone in hand. So she was super angry, understandably so. And we were quite lucky though, because we realized what happened within seconds. And that second SIM card that I had bought for the nanny, I actually had it in my phone already. So I messaged my team and I had them lock down her phone within minutes and her email address and everything like that. And we canceled her debit card and she had one of my credit cards on her. So I was basically sat down on the side of the road on a curb somewhere and I froze my credit card within 60 seconds, two minutes or something like that of it being lifted. We had locked her entire phone, set it so that when they try to turn it on, it wipes the entire phone. Like we were just so Johnny on the spot with the whole thing. And I was lucky because my IT person was online and my chief of operations for my company was online at the same time. So between the three of us, we just locked the whole thing down within seconds. So they didn't get anything extra. Because when we started telling a couple of our friends and our colleagues and stuff like that in Istanbul, they're like, yep, I've been robbed. Yep, me too. One of the girls that we work with, she's been there for 30 years. She's like, yep, I was robbed here. I was robbed there. So I guess pickpocket is like really common. You have to be super careful in Istanbul. But I think for sure, these people were pros. They knew exactly what they were doing. I reckon there was a couple of them. I'm sure it wasn't just one person and they probably do this all day long. So really what they got was a useless phone that they wouldn't be able to do anything with. There was $250 in cash in it. Well, the really annoying one for me was the credit card because that meant for the rest of the trip, I didn't have any credit card. Well, actually, I mean, I had my backup one, but the main one that I used 
use and I like to collect points on, I didn't have. So that was annoying, but my wife had hers and, and everything like that. So she got to buy dinner every night, which was funny. But then the driver's license. So my mother's Canadian driver's license and her Panamanian driver's license were both in there. So replacing those are going to be a pain in the butt for sure. So a couple other things that I wanted to tell you guys about was the Galata Towers. This was the first time in all of my visits that I've been there. This thing was absolutely stunning. We got some fantastic photos there. And it was so cool because the actual artist who does all of my artwork for our new books, like if you guys go to expatguidebooks.com, you'll see the couple of new books that we wrote this year. We've got the Digital Nomads book and we have the Expat's Guide on Moving to Mexico. Well, we hired this phenomenal Turkish watercolor artist. So what she does is she makes a collage where I send her some pictures and some different things and she puts it all together and then she paints it. She does a watercolor painting and then she does a high resolution scan afterwards and we use those for the covers and they are just absolutely gorgeous pieces of art. Like they really stand out. Well, she's Turkish, but she lives in the United States. Her and her husband are both Turkish, but they live in the States for several years now and their son was actually born in the States. Actually more than several years, I think for like a decade they've been there, but they were back this summer visiting her father in Istanbul. So we got to meet them at Galata Towers and they were really educated. They really knew their way around. So they were telling us like, okay, you got to go here and this place there and the history of that and the war from when it was Constantinople and how they brought the ships overland because they had chained the waterways so ships couldn't get through. And then it was like all this history and stuff. So it was so rad to, to meet them. And then it was really neat too, because my daughter absolutely goes mad for doing art. I mean, she's constantly drawing and painting and you know, she's so creative and we actually have private art lessons for her a couple of days a week here in Panama where the an art teacher comes and spends two, three hours with her and works with her on all these things. So my daughter is like super into art. So I was like, I was explaining to my daughter, like, this is a famous artist. Like she does incredible art. And so she was giving my daughter tips and walking her through things. And she said, you know, if you want to get your dad to take some pictures of your art and I can give you some pointers and things like that and help you through it. And, you know, so she, my daughter was asking, you know, what are your favorite mediums? And she's like, oh, I really like obviously the watercolor, but she really likes pottery and sculpting and things like that. So it was such a cool experience to be able to spend the day with, with her and her husband and her son, who's, I think her son was eight years old and my daughter's seven years old. So it was, they were quite close in age and they got along really well. And her son was just so sweet and just really well-behaved, well-spoken and great manner. So it was just phenomenal. And then after that, my friend Brian, who lives in Turkey, he's an American expat who lives in Turkey, a colleague of mine, we got to hang out with him and have lunch with him and have a couple of cocktails on a rooftop bar overlooking the water and then Galata Towers there. And it was just oh, such a fantastic day. I was just so, 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 so stoked. But yeah, what else can I tell you about Istanbul? I mean, it really is one of my favorite cities in the whole wide world. After exploring there so many times, I'm just constantly finding new places. The food is amazing. I just, I go crazy for the food there. And I'm a celiac, so it can be tough usually to eat in places. But this is all grilled meats and salads and eggplant and all this nice stuff. And the rice there is just, I don't know how they make the rice, but it's just... God, the rice is unbelievable. I've never had rice that was so good. Rice is usually boring, but this was just 
unbelievable. And there's so many cool sweets. Like we were going into these shops and trying Turkish delight and they have all the nuts and all these dried fruits and all the spices going through the markets and stuff. It's really cool. It was even funny on one of our last days we go through, my wife says she wants to get some perfume. So we go into this perfume shop, like a local one. And on the really small shelf, they have all the really big name brand ones. Like I think she really likes the Coco Chanel one. So they have that, which is anywhere else. I don't know, I don't know how much it is, hundred bucks, couple hundred bucks or something like that. And then she's like, do you have like this? So they have their own brand of this fragrance. And so we try all these different ones. There's some really nice ones. And she ends up picking one that she really likes. And I go to pay the bill and it was like $16 for a big bottle of it. And I mean, this was a really high quality, really nice one in the Chantichet, in the nicest area. And it was $16. I was like, this is absolutely mad. It was just so crazy. So anyways, Turkey was an amazing trip. I want to tell you guys about Georgia, Armenia, and Azerbaijan in another episode, but we're going to wrap this up. The last thing I wanted to mention to you guys, well, actually a couple last things. So the first one is that we've got the Expat Money Summit coming up October 2nd to the 6th. This is going to be a massive summit. We've got so much going on. I'm going to be doing a lot of presentations. We've got my friend Doug Casey. We've got Jim Rogers, Mark Faber, Tom Luongo, Tom Woods. Who am I missing? I mean, in all the bunch of the lawyers that I work with in different countries, property developers, accountants, precious metals, crypto. We got just so many cool, interesting people. We got a bunch of headliners. It's going to be a fantastic week. So you guys can go to expatmoneysummit.com to pick up a free ticket. I highly suggest that you go and do that right now. Do not put it off. That's coming up in just a couple of days. All the presentations will be live for 24 hours. After that, poof, they are gone. The only way to access them is with a paid VIP ticket. So if you want to catch the programs and you don't want to pay for it, then go and get the free ticket right now. The other thing is that as soon as the summit is done, actually not as soon as, I think I'm going to sleep for a couple of days and then I have to go back to Turkey again. Yes, I'm actually going back again. I got to do that 13, 13 and a half hour journey. Luckily, business class is a flat bed, thank goodness, but I'm going to Prague. So I'll go to Istanbul very quick and then I go over to Prague. I will be speaking at Liberty in Our Lifetime conference. If you guys are going to that or you are in the area in Prague, then make sure to come and say hello, shoot me an email and maybe we'll catch up and we'll have a beer in Prague. That is happening October 14th and the 15th. So I'll probably get in maybe on the 10th or 11th, probably the 11th of October, I would say. And then I'll be in Prague for a week. And then I'm coming back to Panama. I'm back in Panama for about two weeks. And then I'm going to Uruguay. I take some of my private clients and hub members down to Uruguay. We got a completely full packed out, sold out trip. But I know everybody who's going to be there, so it's going to be absolutely spectacular. It's going to be such a rad trip. I'm taking, I think, about 25 people, 26 maybe people, down to Uruguay for a week to check that out. We're going down there to take a look at the real estate, the immigration, the taxes, the lifestyle, everything expat, everything investing in foreign countries. It's going to be amazing. We're going to drink lots of red wine and eat a ton of beef. I'm super stoked. So we go to Uruguay for one week, and then there is a possibility I'll be going to Paris 
Paraguay for a week to meet a colleague of mine for some meetings and see him, my friend Thorsten, who you guys have probably heard me talk about before, who actually I was with in Georgia and Armenia on this trip. We follow each other around the world and we always like hanging out. He's a cool guy. So we'll go to Paraguay for a week. Then I'm back here in Panama. We do our annual Christmas party. I'll be here in Panama for all of Christmas. As soon as Christmas is done, then I head to Mexico with the family for a bit. Then I'm coming back to Panama. They're going to hang out in Mexico for a little bit longer. I'll be doing another event in Panama with some partners, some business partners of mine. And then we're doing the birthday party. My 41st birthday party is going to be on March 9th this year. Everybody is invited. You are invited. If you're listening to this, you're invited. You guys can go to expatmoney.com, click on the header menu where it says events. And at the bottom, it says birthday bash. Go on there. You get all of the information on it. We've been doing birthday parties the last couple of years here in Panama. Really, it's not so much about me. It's really about you guys, about getting everybody together and connecting the community. It's a ton of fun. People flew, I think, last year from... Oh my God, almost every corner of the world. We had Germany, we had Ireland, Portugal, the UK. We had people from Thailand flew in from Japan, China, New Zealand. We had one guy ride his motorcycle from Nicaragua all the way to Panama. He was awesome. That was super, super cool. We had people fly in from Brazil, Colombia, obviously all over Canada, every corner of the US. It was just spectacular. And we're expecting the same this year. So if you go to expatmoney.com events, go to the birthday bash on the bottom of the drop down menu, you'll see it under events. All the information is there. We would love to see you. Private clients and hub members were also doing an investor's tour in Panama leading up to the birthday party. So if you are a private client or a hub member, a part of our membership program, our paid membership program, then you will have already seen the invites for that. Make sure you fill out the application to come. That will be a sold out trip probably pretty quickly. So definitely you want to move on that. But that's the same kind of thing. We do conference material in the morning. We do field trips in the afternoon. I get everybody together for cocktails and red wine at night. We have a nice meal together. They're long days, but everybody learns so much make friends for life. It's so cool just to sit with everybody and just chat every night, learn about their lives and what they're doing, and then help them with their tax plans and their immigration and give advice. And it's just so much fun. We've been doing these for a while now in different countries, and I just love them. So it's, it's just such a great experience. And that's it. I think we will call today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Just a little bit of updates and insights from my side on what is going on with our plans, with our travels, and a little bit of information on Istanbul and Turkey. Anyways, I love you guys all. I hope you have a fantastic week. I will see you at the summit, October 2nd to the 6th, expatmoneysummit.com. Have a great day. I'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, 
Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region. But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern time, go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.